It's Wednesday, March 6th. Welcome to our new podcast, Skim This. Every Monday through Friday, we're breaking down the biggest, most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. A lot happens during the day, and we're here to help. Let's get into it. Today, the head of Homeland Security was in the hot seat, talking about the recent surge of family immigration at the border. We'll connect the dots on what's being said and why people are calling it a crisis. Then there's a new treatment out there for depression, but it's controversial. We'll explain why. And we're talking Gail King, whose interview with R. Kelly is making headlines. And finally, we'll tell you about women making history by shooting for the stars. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about the border between the U.S. and Mexico and the people that are crossing over it every day. Yesterday, Customs and Border Protection said that they had apprehended 76,000 people at the southern border, just in the month of February. That's overwhelming. But the bigger deal was that about half of those people were traveling as families. Today, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen testified about it on Capitol Hill. These increases will overwhelm the system entirely. This is not a manufactured crisis. This is truly an emergency. We heard a lot last summer about families being separated at the border and kids in detention centers. But the big question here is, what's happening with families on the southern border now? We're going to look at three things. One, why are so many families crossing the border right now? Two, why are people calling it a crisis? And three, what solutions are being put out on the table? Okay, so why are families showing up at the border in droves? It used to be that most undocumented people crossing the border were young men from Mexico looking for better jobs in the U.S. Now things have changed. A lot of immigrants these days are from places like El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Countries with a lot of gang violence and violent crime. A third of the world's homicides take place in Latin America, and there are high rates of domestic violence. So the people showing up now are parents, and they want their kids to grow up in a safer place. Smugglers are helping them and telling them it's easy to get in with their kids, even though multiple U.S. administrations have tried to warn them it's not. So why are people calling this influx of families to the border a crisis? When an individual is caught crossing the border, the process of handling the case is straightforward. If they're arrested right away, they can be deported quickly and without a hearing. Arrested, deported, done. Families, for the most part, aren't getting caught. They turn themselves in and ask for asylum. Because, like we said, many say they're fleeing violence in their home countries. But as Nielsen said today, things aren't set up to deal with families while they're waiting for that asylum claim to be processed. The families are being placed in cells that were meant for individuals for up to 20 days. Also, they often arrive dehydrated and hungry, sometimes with babies and toddlers, so they may need medical care. There have been cases of adults and even kids dying in detention. And then after the families are let out after 20 days, they have nowhere to go. Volunteer groups on the border let them stay in churches and pay for hotel rooms, but they're running out of space. And with more and more cases, the courts are overwhelmed. So the whole process is taking a lot longer than it used to. Which brings us to our final question. How is the government dealing with this problem? Last year, the Trump administration tried to deal with the surge of families at the border by separating them. In some cases, that allowed them to deport the parents. And it was a complete disaster. Young kids were being held in really bad conditions. 
Nielsen was asked about this today. Yes or no, are we still putting children in cages? Uh, to my knowledge, CBP never purposely put a child in a cage if uh, you need uh, a cage uh, like uh, this. Purposely or whatever, uh, are we putting children in cages as of today? The Trump administration officially ended the separation policy last June. The administration also tried to cap the number of people allowed to come into the U.S. every day by making them wait on the other side. The Supremes put a stop to that in December. In the hearing, Nielsen called it a humanitarian catastrophe and said the government is working with countries to stop the inflow of immigrants. She said the border wall President Trump has been pushing for was a necessary part of the equation. So what's the skim? On a global level, Secretary Nielsen said there's a deal in the works with Central American countries to counter human smuggling, trafficking, and caravans that bring large numbers of migrants to the border. In the U.S., the Trump administration said it's going to up medical care in border facilities and fund more translation services to help speed things along and make conditions safer. And they're saying they need a border wall to stem the tide of what they're calling a national emergency. But critics are pushing back against that claim. They say that Trump manufactured the emergency on the border to fulfill a campaign promise. So you might hear more about the immigrants at the border next week. That's when Congress is expected to rebuke President Trump for his national emergency declaration. Coming up, there's a lot of buzz around a new drug to help people with depression. We'll tell you why it's a big deal after the break. You may have seen headlines today about a new antidepressant that's just been approved by the FDA and how it's very similar to a party drug known as Special K. So today, we're going to break down three things you need to know about this new antidepressant and why everyone is talking about it. First, what is this drug? It's called esketamine and will be marketed under the brand name Spravato. It's the first new kind of antidepressant drug to hit the market since Prozac was introduced in 1988. But instead of a pill, it's a nasal spray. If the name esketamine rings a bell, that's because it's the cousin of the party drug ketamine, also known as Special K. And yeah, like its cousin, esketamine is also a really powerful anesthetic and highly addictive. So addictive that the FDA is giving it a black box warning, the most serious safety warning. And they're taking extra precautions to make sure it doesn't get passed around at parties. So certified doctors have to administer it in their offices, and patients have to be monitored for two hours after they use it. Okay, that's the drug. So why is this such a big deal for people with depression? Doctors say it works for people with severe depression, and a lot faster than other antidepressants known as SSRIs. The effects are pretty dramatic, and whereas um, SSRIs take three to four weeks to start working, uh, we can see immediate effects um, in up to one to two hours uh, after the infusion. That's also important because one in three people suffering from depression can't find an antidepressant that works for them. Being able to figure that out fast is helpful. This patient started taking esketamine last year before it was approved. My anxiety attacks are much less frequent and much less often. Um, I think that my breathing pattern is uh, much more consistent. She paid thousands of dollars to take it, and that's part of thing to know number three. S-ketamine is kind of controversial, partly because it'll cost around $600 to $900 per treatment, and you need two treatments a week for the first month to see if it's working. Also, six patients died during the clinical trials, 
three by suicide. And doctors don't really know why this is working. They think it's targeting brain cells that had previously been resistant to depression treatment. Normally, antidepressants are approved by the FDA on the success of two short-term trials. Esketamine only had one. But for people who really need this treatment, the results of the first trial are making them feel hopeful. It's Women's History Month, and today we want to talk about a female journalist making her own headlines, Gail King. Her explosive interview with R. Kelly aired today on CBS This Morning, and it's blowing up. King asked Kelly about the sexual abuse allegations against him, and he went nuts when she asked about claims that he held women against their will. What? How stupid would I be to do that? I didn't say you That's were holding... That's stupid, guys! I didn't... Is this camera on me? Yes, it's on. That's stupid! Use your common sense. Shortly after, Kelly jumped up and ranted. And King stayed calm and kept asking questions. Clearly not her first rodeo. King's been in TV for ages. She and Oprah became buds when she was a production assistant in Baltimore in her 20s. Then she went on to be a local TV news anchor in Connecticut, where she won three Emmy Awards. In 2011, she joined CBS News, where she's interviewed everyone from Michelle Obama to Taylor Swift. And in tough interviews, she's not afraid to stand her ground. Case in point, R. Kelly. Part two of that interview is scheduled to air Thursday morning. If you want more of The Skim's Women's History Month coverage, check out our Instagram page, at The Skim. Before we go today, we have a fun fact coming to you from space. On March 29th, the International Space Station will conduct the first ever all-woman spacewalk. So a spacewalk is when astronauts float outside of the spacecraft, tethered to a rope, and they make repairs, conduct experiments, or test new equipment in space. This time, it will be NASA astronauts Anne McLean and Christina Koch on the ISS. And of course, they have to be guided by mission control back on Earth. And that team also features a lot of women. Only about 11% of people who have gone to space are women. So to have an all-women crew on this walk is impressive. It's a small step for man and one giant leap for womankind. Sorry, I had to. And that's all for Skim This. It's been really exciting to debut this podcast to our audiences. We've hit number one on the Apple Podcast charts, and that's all thanks to you for listening. So thank you. Tell your friends about us and keep the reviews coming. If you want more news first thing tomorrow morning, check out our newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can subscribe at theskim.com. 